Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled Presuming. It will be focused on the study of Numbers chapter 14 and 15. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mighty love and we thank you for your kindness. Speak to us, Lord, this evening. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Up next, we shall listen to Numbers chapter 14 and 15. Chapter 14 And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us unto this land, to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return into Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return into Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel, and Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land. For they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me? For all the signs which I have showed among them, I will smite them with the pestilence, and disinherit them, and will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land, for they have heard that thou, Lord, art among this people, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by daytime in a pillar of a cloud and in a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them, therefore he hath slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering, and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity, and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty. Visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people, according unto the greatness of thy mercy, and as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. And the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice, 
Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto their fathers. Neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him will I bring into the land whereinto he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites dwelt in the valley. Tomorrow turn you, and get you into the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation, which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Say unto them, As truly as I live, saith the Lord, as ye have spoken in mine ears, so will I do to you. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you according to your whole number from twenty years old and upward, which have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh, and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, then will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses, they shall fall in this wilderness, and your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years, and bear your whoredoms, until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. After the number of the days in which ye search the land, even forty days, each day for a year, shall ye bear your iniquities, even forty years, and ye shall know my breach of promise. I the Lord have said, I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be consumed, and there they shall die. And the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land, died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua the son of Nun, and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of the men that went to search the land, lived still. And Moses told these sayings unto all the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. And they rose up early in the morning, and got them up into the top of the mountain, saying, Lo, we be here, and will go up unto the place which the Lord hath promised, for we have sinned. And Moses said, Wherefore now do ye transgress the commandment of the Lord? But it shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword, because ye are turned away from the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up unto the hilltop. Nevertheless the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down, and the Canaanites which dwelt in that hill, and smote them, and discomfited them, even unto Hormah. Chapter 15 And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come into the land of your habitations, which I give unto you, and will make an offering by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering, or a sacrifice in performing a vow, or in a freewill offering, or in your solemn feast, to make a sweet savor unto the Lord of the herd or of the flock. Then shall he that offereth his offering unto the Lord bring a meat offering of a tenth deal of flour, mingled with the fourth part of an hen of oil. And the fourth part of an hen of wine for a drink offering shalt thou prepare with the burnt offering, or sacrifice, for one lamb. Or for a ram, thou shalt prepare for a meat offering, 
two-tenth deals of flour mingled with the third part of an hin of oil. And for a drink offering, thou shalt offer the third part of an hin of wine for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And when thou preparest a bullock for a burnt offering, or for a sacrifice in performing a vow, or peace offerings unto the Lord, then shall he bring with the bullock a meat offering of three-tenth deals of flour mingled with half an hin of oil. And thou shalt bring for a drink offering half an hin of wine. For an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord, thus shall it be done for one bullock, or for one ram, or for a lamb, or a kid. According to the number that ye shall prepare, so shall ye do to every one according to their number. All that are born of the country shall do these things after this manner, in offering an offering made by fire, of a sweet savor unto the Lord. And if a stranger sojourn with you, or whosoever be among you in your generations, and will offer an offering made by fire, of a sweet savor unto the Lord, as ye do, so he shall do. One ordinance shall be both for you of the congregation, and also for the stranger that sojourneth with you, an ordinance forever in your generations. As ye are, so shall the stranger be before the Lord. One law and one manner shall be for you and for the stranger that sojourneth with you. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land whither I bring you, then it shall be, that when ye eat of the bread of the land, ye shall offer up an heave offering unto the Lord. Ye shall offer up a cake of the first of your dough for an heave offering. As ye do the heave offering of the threshing floor, so shall ye heave it. Of the first of your dough ye shall give unto the Lord an heave offering in your generations. And if ye have erred, and not observed all these commandments which the Lord hath spoken unto Moses, even all that the Lord hath commanded you by the hand of Moses, from the day that the Lord commanded Moses, and henceforward among your generations. Then it shall be, if aught be committed by ignorance without the knowledge of the congregation, that all the congregation shall offer one young bullock for a burnt offering, for a sweet savor unto the Lord, with his meat offering and his drink offering, according to the manner, and one kid of the goats for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for all the congregation of the children of Israel, and it shall be forgiven them. For it is ignorance, and they shall bring their offering, a sacrifice made by fire unto the Lord, and their sin offering before the Lord for their ignorance. And it shall be forgiven all the congregation of the children of Israel, and the stranger that sojourneth among them, seeing all the people were in ignorance. And if any soul sin through ignorance, then he shall bring a she-goat of the first year for a sin offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for the soul that sinneth ignorantly. When he sinneth by ignorance before the Lord, to make an atonement for him, and it shall be forgiven him. Ye shall have one law for him that sinneth through ignorance, both for him that is born among the children of Israel, and for the stranger that sojourneth among them. But the soul that doeth aught presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproacheth the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Because he hath despised the word of the Lord, and hath broken his commandment, that soul shall utterly be cut off, his iniquity shall be upon him. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day, and they that found him gathering sticks, brought him unto Moses and Aaron, and unto all the congregation, 
and they put him inward, because it was not declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him without the camp, and stoned him with stones, and he died, as the Lord commanded Moses. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and bid them that they make them fringes in the borders of their garments throughout their generations, and that they put upon the fringe of the borders a ribbon of blue. And it shall be unto you for a fringe, that ye may look upon it, and remember all the commandments of the Lord, and do them, and that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes, after which ye use to go a-whoring, that ye may remember and do all my commandments, and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Branham titled, Presuming. It was preached in 1964 on April the 8th. We'll begin at paragraph 36 up to paragraph 60. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing. When I first started training for boxing before I got into professional fighting, there used to be a trainer, one six-second Smith, the first professional fighter he had. He whipped them in in six seconds. And when uh, I started training, that man liked to kill me. He'd knock me plumb out of the ring and everything else. And I was skipping ropes and running seven, eight miles every day and taking all the training. And I said, Six, why you have to do me that way? I said, you just knocked the breath out of me, man. I want to come over four ropes from out of there and, and, and amongst them chairs like I broke my back on me. Last said, that'll do you good. I said, do me good? How can it do me good? You're about to kill me. And he said, look, Billy, I don't care how physical fit you are. Your body's got to be able to stand that comeback right quick. If you take a hard punch, said, if your body's not used to coming back, you'll lay there and take the count. He said, but if you're... Your body's used to hitting it and then coming back. Uh, every time you hit it, that shocks the blood, runs it back to the heart. Said if you do that, said then your body's used to coming back quick when you get knocked down on your feet again. See? It said that don't mean a thing when you get knocked down. Up on your feet again, quick. Said you hate me now, but you appreciate me when you get out there in the ring. That was right. <laughs> Brother, sometimes I have to knock to who wouldn't have it. <laughs> but I found something. Don't You appreciate me when you come to Calvary. When you come to the end of the road, you'll say, Praise God. I'm glad I took that old rugged way. Here I stand washing the blood of the Lamb. Don't play me around them old creeds and things out there. Come on, get in the way. God has a way. A plan is wrote right here in the Bible. Let's stay with that. But the people come join what? They presume they're doing what's right. Then they say, where is God? Where is God of the Old Testament? Where is the God who raised up the prophets? Where is the God that promised all these things? Why, surely he ain't going to work there. He can't. There's nothing for him to work on. My old southern mammy used to tell me, I can get blood out of a turnip. That's got no blood in it. (laughs) That's right. How you gonna get spiritual signs and wonders in a dead morgue? Ecclesiastical froze up. You got to get spirit in the body of Christ. That's his word. My words are spirit, said Jesus. They are. Now, people join, they think it's all right. It's right. Presuming it's all right. 
Preachers go ahead preaching that kind of dogma. And knowing the Bible says another thing, they're preaching anyhow, presuming they're right. What is it? Taking the tradition of man's and making the commandments of God of non-effect. They have, they have a part of the, the gospel. They preach a part of it. Sure, take a part. Satan took 99% of the gospel that God told Eve and admitted it was the truth. But when it comes to this one little thing, he said, Nah, I don't say it isn't true, but surely you know it. If that was the day God, you'll be like this, see? Don't add nothing. Don't take nothing away from it. Just keep it the way it is. Don't pursue anything. Just have faith in the Word. If that Pentecostal church would have stayed with that, the rapture had done been gone. Oh, you say, Wait a minute, brother. Now, now you said something wrong. No, I never. I know what I said. In the days of Noah, the Bible said as it was the days of Noah, so will it be in the coming of the Son of Man. In the days of Noah, God was long-suffering. Went way past time. See? Not willing that any should perish. See, he went on. On and on, long-suffering. Same thing today, of course, it was in that day. Waiting for his church to come to recognition of his word and him. But they just keep on. Every time God sends somebody and blasts his way, just as soon as he's taken off the scene, a bunch of Rickies and Elvises get together, you know, with their great DDs. They add this to it and add that to it. And the first thing you know, it's just all gone out. Amen. Our Pentecostals the same way. Big part of them denying divine healing and everything Amen. else. The worst I was treated on, on divine healing was Pentecostal ministers. Well, I, I rented an armory in a certain city, and I didn't have enough seats to put the people, and them poor people come off them hills of Arkansas from everywhere, coming to the meeting. And I went to one of the greatest organizations of the, of the Pentecostal movement. And it was, well, the spiritual thermometer was 90 below zero. <laughs> well, you ought to have seen it. And the man had about 300 benches that built an ice big church. Sure, people think that prosperity is a sign of spiritual blessing. That's exactly contrary. I asked him, I said, can I have these seats? I'll pay you so much for them. He said, I wouldn't let anyone sit on my seats that believe in divine healing. That's Pentecostal. In Kingston, Jamaica, at the racetrack. Last year, where the Lord was blessing, they had a Pentecostal minister there. And I was with the Christian businessman. And I said, we had from Cuba, from Hades, and from the islands around, businessmen sitting there last night. And what did you cause us? I'm ashamed of you. What did you talk about? A fleet of Cadillacs. I was a little bitty fellow in business down on the corner. Glory to God. Hallelujah. The Lord give me this. The Lord bless this. The Lord bless that. I said, that man sat and looked at one another. I said, I've been with you long enough to you know I knew their hearts. The Lord let me know it. I see what they're thinking about. What are you telling them? They belong to these big formal margs. And they're prosperous or billionaires. I said, how different you are always bragging about what you got and how much you accumulated in this much time. I said, how different it is from the original Pentecost. They sold everything they had to give to the poor. Yeah. I said, you vice versa. Them people knows all about what it means to be rich. 
They want to find something that satisfies and got some life in it. Yes. That night on the ground, the place where I was talking to the man after I got him over there, I was telling him about a little fellow walked up to me and he said, How wrong you were. I said, Wrong? I said, Yes, sir. When you made that statement about the Pentecostals back there, how the people sold all they had, said that was the worst thing they ever done. Oh, how worldly can you get? And he said, that's the worst. I said, then you mean to tell me that the Holy Ghost made a mistake? What kind of a God are you serving if he makes a mistake? He's infinite. Omnipotent. Omnipotent. Hallelujah. Sure. How can he make a mistake? He said, I'll prove it to you. They were wrong. That wasn't the Holy Ghost. I said, an act of the Holy Ghost in the Bible wasn't the Holy Ghost? He said, look. I thought, all right, you, you brought yourself out here. Now, this is all your own memo. It was like putting a rabbit in a pen. If you know where every place is and every hole stopped up, he's got to come back here to get out and stay right here. He'll have to come back to it. You put his head in every hole, but he'll never get through. Just pin him up. Stay right here. That's the way with one of them. Just keep moving with the word. Just take the word in front of you. Keep moving. You got every hole stopped up out there anyhow. Just keep moving on. Moving on. I said, then the Holy Ghost made a mistake. He said, well, then people made a mistake. I said, they were inspired by the Holy Ghost. He said, look, preacher, when the persecution come and the fuss come up among them, said, that wasn't the Holy Ghost. I said, no, sir. But the Holy Ghost was in the first move. He said, when the persecution come up, those people didn't even have a home to go to. I said, that's what God wanted them to do. So they went everywhere preaching the word. They had a home and went back to it. But God was scattering the message. Hallelujah. They got a home in heaven. But that's the difference. What do they do? Pursue that's the thing to do. It isn't the thing to do. Certainly it isn't. Now, ministers preach that. Presuming it. It'll be all right. It won't be all right. They permit their congregation, their women to wear shorts, smoke cigarettes. <laughs> their men to have little friendly card parties, pool room, bunko in the church, soup suppers. <laughs> Pay off the pastor. Everything else is worldly. People join thinking that's all right. Yeah. Well, I live by the Presbyterian parish. And at midnight to the night, there's so much boogie-woogie going on over there in the basement. It was, it was a shame. Or what's this new uh, winder, they call it? Or they, them women breaking their legs and things, doing it. You know, what is that? The twist. They need a twisting. They need a... They need a gospel plank to straighten it out of them. That's what they need. Good old gospel, Holy Ghost sent revival. They need a twisting, all right. Around the neck. <clears throat> gospel cards. But they say, oh, he's a good God. He is a good God. But don't you presume on that. He's a God of justice, too. Yes. He's a good God. Like a little teenage boy said, not long ago, say, you know, God's so good, He just don't care what I do. Nonsense. Amen. He does care what you do. Amen. Yeah, you say, God's a good God. God is a good God, but we hear too much of that today. 
God is a God of wrath. The God of judgment. He was good enough to go down there and take Israel right out of the mouth of death. And turn right in the wilderness and let them rot because they wouldn't follow him. God was a good God to pull you Pentecostals out of them organizations, but you turned right back around and acted like your mammy, so you're rotten in it. There's a tape recorder going on here. It goes around the world, you know. I'm not so much speaking here now. Let your rock right in it. And come tell you the truth, then you don't believe it. Here it is wrote right here. In the Word. Yes, sir. Oh, yes. They presume that He's a good God. Yes, sir. He's, uh, they, don't pr- they don't presume that He's also a God of judgment. Here's where Israel made her mistake. They thought He was so good. He had done so many things for them. Sure, He brought them up out of Egypt. Sure, He did that. He performed miracles. He drawed a line, put the pillar of fire between them and the enemy. Sure, God's a good God. Sure. Let them cross over the Dead Sea. And uh, uh, over the Red Sea and cross over into to the wilderness and, and so forth. He's a good God. When Egyptians started at him, why well, he protected them in the hour of death. Kill the Egyptians. Sure, he's a good God. But his patience run out. Then when he spoke that final word, that was it. And Moses said, Why are you transgressing the laws of God? God's done said he's through with you. Don't pursue him too far, brother. That's right. You might cross over that line. There's no return. You know, there is a line. You remember the borderline believers back there in in Israel? Just borderlines. Hebrews 6 says, It is impossible for those which were once enlightened and made partakers of the Holy Ghost and tasted the heavenly gifts if they shall turn away to renew themselves again to repentance. Save the crucified to themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame and count the blood of the covenant wherewith they were sanctified with an unholy thing and done despite to the works of grace. That's right. God's a God of jealousy. He's a God of justice. You're a father and mother and you tell your children, you go over there, I'll give you a whipping. If you love that child, he transgresses your laws, you'll keep your word. Right, but if you let him go on, well, that's all right. Do it again. That's what makes all these sure little um, Melinda's and Ricky's and so forth around. That's what makes juvenile delinquency. Some of them talk about the ignorance of the people in the mountains of Tennessee and Kentucky. <laughs> I tell you, some of them old mammies out there would teach some of these modern Jezebels how to raise a youngin. Let one of their youngins come in with their woman, night girl, or hell, clothes all twisted on her, been out with Ricky all night long somewhere, loved up in a car, and said, Have a good time, dear. She'd take a hickory limb off one of them trees and she wouldn't get out of the house for another year. Then said, It's ignorance. They know more about it than. Oh, I better shut up there. All right, go on. Now, Israel are pursuing. See what we're hatching out today? Pursuing. Nests full of buzzard eggs. That's exactly right. They're not eagles. And they know nothing about the high places, how to get up there. Their feathers are so loose they strip themselves naked when they get started in the air. Trying. Altitude to pull the feathers out. And the eagle's the only one has got feathers to stand when he gets up there. His feathers are growed in, fastened down, nailed down. Amen! He can go so high to the buzzard or a crow or a chicken hawk or die trying to follow him. 
God said he was an eagle. I'm Jehovah Eagle, and all my children are eaglets. They know how to fly in a high under where he's just up there where you sail along. <laughs> oh, I like to watch him. That's yes, sir. Yeah, presuming. He said, oh, well, God forgive us so many times, he'll forgive us again. So they went up, but Moses said, he's through with you. When you did this, you crossed the line. Let's look back and see if we crossed the line or not. Where did he draw the line on the Lutherans? Where did he draw the line on the Methodists? Where did he draw the line on the Baptists, on the Camelites, on the Nazarene, on the Pilgrim Holiness? Buddy Robinson's group and all that. Where did he draw the line on? The same place he draw the line on Pentecost. Right there. God have mercy. That kills me never to say that. But I'm duty bound to this word to tell the truth. Yes, yes. But it's the truth. You'll rock right there. She'll never rise again. That's the word of the Lord. Oh, you're presuming. You know, Samson presumed one time too. Samson presumed is all right. God was a good God. He could run around with women. He could do whatever he wanted to do. And it'd be all right. He could expose God's secrets to him. And it would be all right. See what it was? A woman. Church. Woman represents church in the Bible. Delilah is that old Jezebel of the day. Amen. Right. So first thing you know, he got himself wrapped around her. And she wrapped him around the finger. And she done just exactly. And he found out all of his strength was gone. That's exactly what's happened to the church today. Wrapping itself around these creeds and man-made things and organizations, denominations, and getting away from the Word of God and formalness. And the church looks like the rest of the world and acts like the rest of the world. And the first thing you know, you find the Holy Spirit's gone. The strength of the gospel is away from you. What's the matter? I hope I don't hurt you, but I hope I scorch you so that you... I'd rather be scorched than burned anyhow. So, so, Listen! Stay with the Word. Samson, he presumed, is all right. God was still there. That's what the church thought. When they went out here, well, God's still there. He's a good God. He don't care. You old-timers here, when your mammy and pappy back in her 50 or 60 years ago, when they come out of them organizations and things to be free with God, to worship God and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, come up out of Egypt... Well, if you'd have talked to them, if they'd ever went right back and done the same thing as the Egyptians done, the world, they'd have laughed in your face. Amen. But they did it. They did it. Oh, we presume it'll be all right. Don't presume. Stay with the Word. You had to compromise. Why'd you have to compromise your great evangelical doctrine that you get in the, in the World Council of Churches? What are you doing acting just like they're doing? What's the churches acting like they're doing? What's a school? Same thing. Even our holiness schools are getting so bad. And things like that. The perversion and everything else setting in among them. What we need is the power of God in there to call out that sin. And right here it's pour it out. Say here you are. That's what gifts are sent in the church. But they teach so much theology and science and, and stuff until they got the Holy Spirit grieved out. That's the reason that our pre-mother girls and so forth is taking place. That's the reason so much sin among us. 
That's the reason you can't tell people. They're so smothered over with the things of the world and the cures of the world and the things of... Just so we stand in good standing with the church, so we stand in good standing with the presbyters, so we stand in good standing here. What difference does that make? Stand in good standing with God. Let the rest of them go. They want to follow, let them follow. If they don't, let them stay where they're at. You're bound for the promised land. Like God said to Joshua, a very type of them, new ones coming out. He said, you've been on this mountain for 40 years. Wandering around. What did they do out there in 40 years? Did God curse them? No, he blessed them. Oh, they married wives and growed good crops and raised babies. and Oh, they, they had a wonderful time. God was with them. But it still wasn't the promise. Right. Listen, I'm going to say something now. <laughs> Might scorch you. But listen, that's exactly what Pentecost has done. She organized down like the world. But she never did get to the full promise. She did come out of Egypt. She did, God took care of her, showed her wonders and signs and miracles. But never to the fullness. You know it's the truth. And the old fighters died. <laughs> that's exactly right. Now, that's where we got again. We've been wondering how long? About 40 years. Bless God, I'm a oneness. Hallelujah. Bless God, I'm a assembly. Glory to God, I'm a church of God. We're the this kind. We're the that kind. You're nothing. Amen. As long as you think that, you're nothing. The Bible said when a man thinks himself, himself something, he's nothing. He is, he is nothing that he ought to be. That's exactly right. You think yourself Nothing. Come down so God can empty yourself out. You're trying to fill yourself up. You empty. That's the biggest job for the church and the individual is empty itself. That's rough. But it's good. This reminds me of Mama. When we was little kids, we was raised awful poor. And so we didn't have much to eat. And Mom used to, Pop used to get some meat skins from the bakery down there the, where they baked them hams and things. And, and they'd, uh, uh, Mrs. Goodman, an old German woman, she, they used to bake the hams. They'd cut these skins off the hams and Papa would go down and get them and Mama would put them in a bread pan. Oh, they done forgot the bread pan long ago up in my country. Of course, you're not you Southerners. And they put and the old meat skins in there, put them back in the oven and bake them out, you know, like that and get the grease out of it to go into cornbread. And we made corn cakes for breakfast. We had sorghum molasses and corn cakes, and that's what we lived on. Dinner time, we had poke greens if it was up yet, <laughs> black-eyed peas or something like that. And we had just poor eating and so forth. Mom, every Saturday night in school, she'd give us all a bath, all in the same tub, same water, just add a little more. You know, as you come down from the, to the, uh, give the little one first, and the last one got the dirt of all of them. But we made it. We made it. Cleanliness is not so much that you wash the outside, but what about the inside? White it was. Polish the outside of the sepulcher, but the inside, dead man's bones. Amen. You're so close today, all the telecasts and things that you keep the dirt off your hands, the, the nice detergent, and that's all a lie. I come home the other day, seen something on, on the television or telecast or something, or stand down at the filling station. This man said, you don't even have to wash dishes no more. Just put it in there and takes everything right out and just set it up. I said, I'll do the dishes for you, Beatty. I went and got me a bottle of this stuff, and I said, I'll do the dishes. And I dumped her in there, suds raised about like this, and I set the dishes down and let them set a half hour, took out the eggs, is still on them. Nonsense! That's why they get all this. When you hear all this big advertisement, when anything so advertised, there's nothing to it. 
If the product's any good, it sells itself. That's where the old time religion, you don't have to have great big down dollar big organization. It'll sell itself if you stop the Got a lot of sin removed. You call join this and we're the holy this and the holy that's holy nothing. That's right. God is the only one who can remove sin. The blood of Jesus Christ. And he does it when you fall in his washpan. That's right. He's the only one who can do it. Samson presumed that everything was all right. Oh, God had just done so many things for him. That's what we thought. God done so many things. Israel thought the same things. Oh, God did it before. What if we make if we do this? We don't care. God's with us. They presumed his all right, but they found out the battle went the other way. Now when we go up to take the land, we find out we're in the same position. That's right. You know, Achan thought the same thing. He had the commandments of God not to take nothing out of that cursed city. I just got about twelve more minutes, so I got to get over to that motel. I won't drive this one down a little bit tighter. See, look at it. That's exactly what we did. See, a nice Babylonian garment that Achan tuck in a wedge. He thought that city was cursed. And everything in it was cursed. And the denominations is proved cursed. That sounds horrible, but it's the truth. I said a while ago about my mammy. She'd make us every Saturday night because eating that poor food. She'd make us take a big dose of castor oil. Every, I can't stand the smell of the stuff you can get in this room, and I'll gag. I just can't stand it. So much of it. And I'd take and hold my nose. I'd come up and i say, Mama, I just can't take the stuff. It just makes me gag. She said, if it don't gag you and make you right good and sick, it don't do you no good. <laughs> That's why I'm preaching the Word. Yeah. If it don't gag you, get your stuff, get to reading. Get out of them old creeds and get out of the Word. Search them, see if they're right. Don't do you no good. It'll stir up your spiritual gastronomics. <laughs> yes, sir. Gets you started right. That's rude. Hard way to make an expression, but it's the only way I have. I'm rude myself, and I ain't got no education. I just have all like John. The only thing he knew was serpents and axes and things of the wilderness. The only thing I know is just what I know, and that's all I know. <laughs> Oh, I, I just have to say it the way I see it, the way, the way it comes to me. It could be expressed a lot more cleaner and nicer than that, but you know what I'm talking about. That's what yeah. I mean. You know what I mean. So that's it. You've got to get back to the Word. Get away from all this old stuff anyhow. All right. Now, uh, Aiken thought that'd be all right. I'll take this nice little wedge, and it'll be a nice little outfit, and I'll have this nice little thing here, and I'll be the presbyter, and so forth, and I, I, it'll be all right. But it was cursed! Everything in that fallen place was cursed. And it is today. We don't want no Aikens. We don't want no... They never could get going on and win a battle until that thing was destroyed. Right. Yes, sir. The Egyptians presumed that it'd be all right. Israel went through the Dead Sea. Why couldn't they? Uncircumcised. Didn't have the pl- blessings of the covenant. They presumed it's all right. But to find out, they drowned. You can't go through this, can you? cannot come in to the fellowship of God dr- bringing on world-made doctrines. Amen. You drown. Amen. You perish with them. 
You've got to come God's way or no way. You've got to line up with the Word or you're out. You die there. So, but Egypt thought, well, they went through it. I'm just, we're just better man than they are. We're healthier, stronger, smarter. Well, them guys can't even write their name. We are masters. But the masters didn't go very far. God don't count mastery the way the people does. Now try it. As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your loving kindness and your mercy and truth. Father, may you take the words which you've taught us today and help us, Father, to continue to grow in the image of your Son. We thank you, Lord, for the book of Numbers and the lessons we are learning about your children and how, Lord, you were a God of mercy and a God of judgment. Help us, Father, to escape your wrath and to hide under the blood of your Son. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, would really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
生。